Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert, Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome, welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and I hope you're having a great Thursday. Well, today we are talking about thoughts. Thoughts. Well, we all have a lot of thoughts, don't we? I mean, some estimate that we may have between 30 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Some people say it's about 3,000 that we have an hour, and so 60 a minute, one a second. Maybe it's more, but most of those thoughts we're not even aware of. They're just flying by, and we don't really pay attention. But then once in a while, there is a thought that just sticks out like a frog on a birthday cake. You just feel like, what happened? You may cross a bridge, and all of a sudden there is a thought about, what if I just drive off the bridge? Or you are in a high building and and wonder, could I jump? How would that be? Can I trust myself not to jump? These intrusive thoughts, and there are more, and we're going to get into them in a moment. These intrusive thoughts can really stress you out, can create a lot of anxiety, and can you make you know can make you feel that there is something wrong with you, that there is something in your mind happening that uh, is twisted. And what do you do with those thoughts? Well, most of us are able to eventually let them go. But then there are those times that we also have experienced where all of a sudden those thoughts become sticky and they come back and they haunt you and you get scared and you feel like bombarded by them. And for some reason, there is a relentless recurrence of the same thoughts over and over again. And you really feel like you're losing your mind. And what can you do when you have those intrusive, you could even call them invasive thoughts that you really feel out of control with. Are you out of control? Or is there actually something we can do? Well, today I want to talk about four steps on how to deal with those thoughts and how to address them. Because believe it or not, if you are dealing with those thoughts, you are not alone. There are so many people that have these challenges where they are watching their mind, just presenting them with images and and these recurrent themes, and they just don't know what to do, and they become more and more anxious and more and more overwhelmed. So let's sort through this little mental chaos that's going on there and see what we can do. Well, first of all, I like to categorize these thoughts into just different themes. So the first one would be the theme of self-doubt. So the self-doubting thoughts, 
could be, let's just go right with the most disturbing one, which is you're standing in the kitchen and you're just cutting the onions and all of a sudden there's a thought of, what if I would take the knife and stab my husband? Sounds terrible, right? But I'm sure a lot of you had thoughts like this. Or it could be, again, a thought of self-harm, something where you wonder if you could actually hang yourself or kill yourself. And I'm saying those things because I want you to realize these are not unnormal thoughts. These are thoughts a lot of people have. And it's not something that is only unique to you. And then there are the thoughts about those sexual themes where you feel all of a sudden worried that you could be attracted to the wrong people, that you may be a pedophile, that you may have an attraction for your mother or your father. Thoughts that feel in the moment ludicrous, but then when you are letting them just become bigger and bigger in your mind because they scare you, they take hold and then they start haunting you. There can be also thoughts that bring doubt about your beliefs. Do I really love my wife? Am I really still into my kids? Could I just leave them one day? Or when I'm praying, do I just go through the motions? Do I actually believe that there is a God? Or looking at the state of the world, I have my doubts. So again, thoughts that may come up and they may stay. So these are the thoughts of self-doubt. And of course, the the crown jewel of those thoughts is when you're doubting your mental state, where you just basically feel like, well, I'm going crazy. I have to submit myself into a ward because obviously there is something wrong with me because I have those thoughts. And, and then you definitely go into this feeling of disconnection to yourself and to your mind. Now, the second category is the worry thought. Now, a worry thought is more about, you know, the what ifs. What if I run out of money? What if I have cancer? What if this pain in my chest means I'm getting a heart attack? So those what if thoughts are, you know, usually associated also with some kind of a anxiety and stress and feeling powerless. And the more you look at those thoughts as maybe they are telling me the truth the more they are becoming just that only thing that you can think of. And then there are thoughts that are replaying thoughts. I watched when I was maybe 14 years old, and that was certainly my mistake. I watched uh, that, uh, uh, what is it called? The uh, Exorcist. If you ever seen The Exorcist, you know, the little girl, that is vomiting green stuff and her head is spinning. And uh, when I watched it, not knowing what I was getting into, and I had a recurring thought about that movie and that girl and what happened and her scary voice every Wednesday, because it was a Wednesday when I watched it for several years. So my mind was ruminating about this, which was for me a trauma and wasn't able to let go. This can happen if something happened to you, if you had an accident, if maybe someone attacked you, or again, if there is something that you have seen and you just cannot let go of. So this can become some kind of a, an obsession in your mind about something 
that it just needs to work itself through. Another replaying thoughts can be a thought about someone you loved. It's maybe that person left you, betrayed you, disappointed you. And then there is this obsession about the person. You cannot let go of the images that are replaying in your mind about what happened to you. And that may also bring up then the obsession of wanting to have revenge and anger, having these thoughts that are coming up about how that would look like if you actually could lash out and, and create some payback. And then there are thoughts also of guilt. I had a client once who, I think for almost 20 years, we currently thought about a scene from when he was just in his late teens. And he was in a bar fight with a stranger. And he was attacked and he just defended himself. And one way to defend himself was taking a bottle that was on the table and hitting the guy over the head. Well, he started bleeding and this way this client got away. But that image of that bleeding guy and the question, what did I do to him? Is his face disfigured now for the rest of his life? And the guilt that came with it was also something that just recurrently came up in his mind and he could not let go of it. And it created even a health issue for him until he finally was able to work through that guilt and forgive himself. So you can see these thoughts can just easily become kind of a world inside of you on its own. And they can literally take all your attention. Now, the problem with the thought is not necessarily the thought itself. The problem with an invasive or intrusive thought is how we react to it and how we interpret it. Because what happens is that we have a thought and then that thought scares us because we feel like, oh, what if the thought is true? Or what if we act upon it? Or what does it really mean about it? And then this anxiety is literally blowing up the thought and it's just pulling more of those thoughts in. So it's not the thought, it is our interpretation, our reaction that makes those thoughts sometimes so unbearable. So what can we do? How do we overcome those thoughts? Can we just stop them, turn them off? Do we have to listen to them? What is the next step? Well, when we come back, we'll talk about that. So stay tuned. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. 
Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We're talking about invasive thoughts. Those thoughts that pop in your mind and just scare you. As if there is some little monster inside of you that just spouts out random nasty things that make you feel distressed, that make you doubt yourself, that make you wonder if there is seriously something wrong with you. Well, those thoughts are something we have to deal with. More and more people are dealing with those thoughts and they don't really know what to do, how to overcome them. And there are also different methods. Some methods seem to really work. Some methods feel like, you know, it's a constant battle with yourself. So today I want to just shed some light on what I found is really helpful to overcome and deal with those invasive thoughts. So the first step, there are four steps. The first step is step that sounds the hardest, which is when you have a thought like this coming up, stay neutral. What? How can I stay neutral when I'm thinking about, you know, stabbing someone I love or jumping off a bridge or anything like that? Well, I know it's easier said than done. But keep in mind what we just talked about, that when you are interpreting the thought as something you have to be afraid of, when you are giving it some kind of a association, a judgment, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is a terrible thought. Oh, I don't like this thought. In that moment, you put super glue on that thought and that thought can stick with you and make you think about it over and over again. So if you can stay neutral and just be the observer for a moment and just have those thoughts come in and out, as I said, you know, 3,000 an hour, chances are this could be a thought that has been there before. You just didn't notice it. You were not paying attention to it and it just disappeared but then maybe there was a moment where you did pay attention maybe you felt a little weak or you felt a little just uh, out of sorts and there was a thought and you grabbed onto it that's not neutrality that's giving it power so staying neutral is also possible if you know a little bit about thoughts because the reason why you're anxious about those invasive thoughts maybe some of the thoughts the myth about thoughts that um, that you have hurt or that you have told yourself. 
So the first thing I want to tell you about thoughts is you're not alone with those invasive thoughts. Apparently 90%, including myself, have invasive thoughts. And they are coming and going. And this is not a sign of a disorder or an insanity. It is just a normal part of what our mind is doing for different reasons. And we're going to get into those reasons. But, you know, let's imagine that's, that your mind has its way sometimes to eject some mental energy in those thoughts. And sometimes it's quite creative in what images it puts up there onto the mental screen. And you may not always like the channel. So you could also switch off or go to the next channel, just like you would do it when you are channel surfing or when you go through the internet or when you're swiping to your left on Tinder. You could do the same thing with your thoughts if you realize they don't necessarily tell me that there is something wrong with me. Now, the other thing is that thoughts are not always in your control. You know, we have this idea of we should be, you know, super in charge of where our mind goes. And when there are thoughts coming up that are just seemingly almost, uh, you know, subconscious, and they do often come from the subconscious, coming up and, uh, you know, staring you down, you do feel out of control because you have the idea you should be in control. But the truth is you don't. You don't have control over most of your thoughts. Just like, you know, sometimes your your body is twitching out of your control. Sometimes you're just having some little shiver going down your back and you don't even know why. Well, you know, this is also happening with the mind. It can also have these moments that, uh, many moments, where it just operates without of your control. And, and to be honest, the subconscious that does really a lot of those random thoughts is something that does work underneath your conscious aware awareness very often. That doesn't mean that your subconscious doesn't listen to the conscious mind, but there's a lot of stuff analyzing and scheming and, uh, and planning going on at the subconscious level that your conscious mind doesn't have to be in control of because it would be just simply too overwhelming. The third idea that comes often with those thoughts that can scare us is that they tell us the truth and that they are a reflection of something that uh, could be wrong with you, your character, or that this could really mean that you are in fact someone who is a murderer or someone who is really a you know, thinking about suicide or someone who is really not uh, trustworthy, any of those things. The thoughts don't tell you the truth. They just tell you sometimes nothing. Sometimes they are this uh, mental discharge, as I just said. Sometimes it's metaphorical. You know, a lot of those thoughts that come from the subconscious mind are like dreams. You know when you have a dream and you feel you know, someone is chasing you or I have dreams where I fly. Sometimes I can talk to whales. I wish I could, both. But it's metaphorical. Maybe I will never really completely understand the metaphor. The subconscious has its ways to talk in riddles, but it's not certainly the reality of what's going on. So when you have a thought that disturbs you, 
it may be quite metaphorical and certainly not literal. So the question is just like, you know, do you have the patience and the curiosity if it's a thought that you should investigate to find out what the metaphor means, what's underneath? And that's something we're going to talk about later. And then another thing that I find is important about those thoughts is that they cannot make you act upon. You know, like you don't really feel that you're in control of your thoughts, which you're not, and that's totally fine. Your thoughts don't control you either. You know, this is where sometimes people, you know, look at uh, hypnotherapy or hypnosis as something where it is a form of mind control. And since it works with the subconscious mind, they are feeling like, well, if these thoughts are coming from the subconscious mind, that means they can control me. They can make me do the things that I'm seeing. And they can't. As long as you have the conscious awareness of what is happening, you also have the conscious choice to say yes or no to a thought. And of course, when you have a thought that's really disturbing, what if I rip my clothes off in the bus or vomit over this person? You have a choice to say, I wouldn't do this, and I don't do it. So you know that with that choice, it won't happen. It's only your anxiety. It's your self-doubt that makes that then a theme and a problem in your mind that you cannot really let go of. But overall, you can look at those thoughts as non threatening aspects of your mind. You would not be afraid of your hand or your feet. You don't have to be afraid of whatever your mind is creating, as long as you don't interpret it as something that has to threaten you. So if you're looking at this with more neutrality and say, hmm, interesting, it's a thought. Just as I said, it's an image on the internet. It's a little tidbit of a movie that you're not interested in then you can also look at it with a greater sense of neutrality. And then you're able to let go of those thoughts more. Now, a lot of people feel letting go of the thoughts means that you have to push them away. Say, stop, delete, you know, I don't want you, I banish you. Well, the problem with that is when you do this with invasive thoughts, it's basically coming not from neutrality, it's coming from anxiety. Because somehow you want to chase something away, you want to push something away because it scares you. You don't want to have it around. And the more you do something from anxiety, the more you have an inner resistance inside. And as we all know, whatever we resist persists. So we cannot necessarily just uh, go into this mental tug of war with our thoughts where we are pushing them aside and then looking over our shoulder, are they still there? Are they still there? And of course, they are still there because we are looking for them. So the pushing away has shown for only about 30% with people that have invasive thoughts or obsessive thoughts, long-term success. Can work in the moment, but it does not necessarily create the long-term success because it doesn't alleviate the anxiety that comes with those thoughts, your interpretation, your judgment, is still there. Now, there was this uh, psychiatrist, uh, Jeffrey Schwartz, who works a lot with neuroplasticity. And he found that what is important to go from that negative interpretation to actually more a sense of neutrality 
is to add to the letting go part something positive. So when there are, let's say, an invasive thought that used to disturb you, you could say, well, here it is, just a thought. I can switch the channel. It's not anything that has a deep meaning to me. Doesn't mean that, uh, you know, this is truth or any of those things that you know that gets you into a more neutral state of mind. But the next step, Schwartz said, is to do something that makes you feel good so that there is a release of dopamine, which is what happens when you eat chocolate and are really happy. So what this dopamine release does, it's then it's creating a new connection on the brain, new neural pathways, which then it's almost like, you know, the Pavlov dog, you have a negative thought, but your brain or like an invasive thought, but your brain is then immediately expecting not to feel anxious because you are doing something positive. It's expecting to feel good because something positive happens. In the past, it was invasive thought, anxiety. Now you are disconnecting it. It's like the manual gear shift that you are taking back in your hands and you're choosing to make now this connection more with something positive. Now, the positive could be listening to nice music. Maybe you have a really nice uh, fragrance, a scent that you enjoy. Maybe there is uh, someone that you want to help or you just you know, go uh, for a walk with your puppy that you really love. Anything that brings you into a better state of mind. That is a really good way of letting go, but it doesn't work right away. Neuroplasticity is not something that happens overnight. So people that feel like, well, I want to have instant relief. Well, you have to work on making these new connections, these new pathways, and it will take a little bit. So don't feel like I should be doing well, I should be feeling good because I'm helping my neighbor with yard work. You may not. So sometimes it's really more about letting the actions take place and then reflecting later on on the actions and saying, that was actually a good deed or this did actually feel good. And I always liked this song. And then in some ways, almost like retrogradely making these uh, pathways in the brain until it goes more easily and automatically from the invasive thought to that positive action. And I'm not talking about invasive thoughts that, you know, come in and out. You let them go. I mean, again, most of those thoughts are just already there. We don't notice them. And if you look at one and you feel like hmm, there is a thought and it goes away and there is nothing happening afterwards, don't even bother to, you know, do something nice for your neighbors or your dog. Just move on. But if you have a feeling there is the chance to go into a negativity spiral because you have done this before, if there is a chance for you to make that thought sticky and bigger than it really needs to be, then that process of letting go by adding something positive can be very effective. Now, if you have any questions, call in at 800 930 2819-800-930-2819, or you can also ask a question in the chat box or on Facebook Live. We come right back with step number three. Beethoven.
you have been struggling with fear and anxiety, you know how debilitating these emotions can be. You constantly doubt yourself, you can't make decisions, and feel more and more insecure and stuck. Dr. Friedman Schaub's book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, will provide you with the insights and tools to break through these challenges. Through a step-by-step -step process, Dr. Schaub explains how to resolve the subconscious root causes of fear and anxiety and build a strong foundation of inner peace and confidence. Visit www.thefearandanxietysolution.com and get your copy now. Order your copy of Dr. Friedemann Schaub's The Fear and Anxiety Solution today. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com for more information. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy Aubert. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy Aubert. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, Visit flyhighliving.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Now, I hope that all those talk about invasive thoughts didn't bring you into some kind of a spiral of thinking those thoughts that you try to avoid. And I also hope that the concept of neutrality and just knowing more about thoughts gives you the power to not take them so seriously. And at the same time with the letting go process, also learn to easier release them and not make them something that you have to hold on to. Now, does that mean that all thoughts need to be dismissed? Does it mean that no thought really matters and there is no messages from the deeper part of our minds that have any meaning and purpose for us? Well, I don't think so. I think there are certain thoughts that we do need to pay attention to. And that is number three. Step number three is just when you notice that there are thoughts recurring, not recurring because you pull them back with anxiety. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Did I pull them back or did they come back? But thoughts that are recurring and thoughts that you really feel like, well, 
I don't know, I cannot really let them go. They just always knock on my door. You may want to calmly observe them and then interpret them. So the calmly observing basically just means that with that place of neutrality, knowing it's, it's a thought, your mind doesn't want to harm you. Your mind doesn't want to harm anybody else. Your mind doesn't control you. Your mind just talks to you right now. And it may talk, you know, a different language to you, which you don't really understand. So you want to take notes. Write down. Write down some of those themes, just like people write down their dreams. And then they wonder, well, what do those dreams tell us? Well, this may be like uh, daydreams. Day nightmares, maybe at times, but just take note, write them down, and then ask yourself, what is the feeling behind what I'm seeing or what I'm thinking? Not how I interpret it. So I'm not talking about your disgust or your anxiety or your doubt. I'm talking about what the thought has as a feeling. Is there any anger or frustration? Is there disappointment? Is there guilt? Is there any sense of powerlessness or sadness? Is there any sense of confusion? Just notice that. That can give you already a lot of pointers that there is something to pay attention to. And then you can go further and ask yourself, well, what is the belief underneath those thoughts? Is there something that I can actually see as potentially a marker of well, because of that belief, I have those thoughts. and Maybe I have been acting in a certain way before, and those beliefs make me act like this, and now those thoughts point towards something that may be out of balance. Let me explain. Here are a few examples. So I had a client who was doing the knife thing. She was so afraid of harming her husband that she even asked her husband to hide the knives from her. Now, when we talked about what the feeling was behind, she felt she was feeling frustrated and angry. And what was she angry about? What was that feeling? And she said she was frustrated and angry at the circumstances that she is in, that she felt trapped and that she felt somehow she didn't have a voice. So she was also angry at herself. She wanted to change her job, but she was pretty sure that her husband would say no not even asking him, just making an assumption. And that was going on for several months, almost a year. And it was festering inside of her. And that wanting to lash out, wanting to get the obstacle out of the way, which would be her husband, not with a knife, but simply by getting him either to agree or doing anyhow what she was wanting to do, once she had that clarity, that whole mental loop of that wanting to stab someone completely disappeared. Another client had the idea of doing harm to himself. And whenever that uh, he heard someone, uh, you know, killing himself and uh, he immediately thought, what if I would do this? And it was stressing him out. It's caused him a lot of anguish. And when we worked on what the feeling was, he said it was anger. And the feeling of anger was pointing back to his friends that he lost uh, after high school. A friend that he was very close to, and out of the blue, that friend 
had killed himself. And the anger was at the friend. How could he do this? How could he hurt so many people that he left behind? How could he be so selfish? But the anger was also at himself because he felt that he should have known. He should have seen it coming and he should have prevented it. And once we were working through this confusion of the mind, you know, these questions, why did I not help him? How could I not see it? How could he do this? When all these questions were answered, that theme that came up over and over again was also resolved and those thoughts didn't come up. Another one was a client that had thoughts about uh, wanting to get out whenever she was in a situation where like in the office, she had a meeting, all of a sudden the thought came up, I want to run out of here. I want to run out of here. I don't want to be in here. And again, what's the feeling? The feeling was feeling trapped, feeling powerless. And when we talked about what happened, she said that she felt that she had no choice in her life. She was in a job that she couldn't leave. She was in a great relationship, but she was sure it was going to end up in a marriage, and she wasn't sure that she wants to get married. She was basically uh, socially only engaged with the friends of her boyfriend and not with her own friends. So what happened was with this entrapment that basically a part of her mind felt, I want to just get away of all of this. I want to avoid all of this, and I want to have freedom again. And when we talked about freedom being more than just getting rid of what we have and running away from the current situation, but there is freedom also of choice, the choice of making yourself hurt and asking for what you want and what you need, the choice of taking care of our own needs and creating better boundaries, and the choice of also to really be fully engaged and making situations better or enjoying situations more and feeling overall more empowered. Again, those thoughts of wanting to get away, running away, simply disappeared. Now, I, I have to admit, I had these thoughts. I remember in my residency, after a 36-hour uh, shift, I had this crazy thought when I was walking down the hallway in the basement to the, the parking garage, that I want to be a mouse that is hiding out in a little hole in the wall and just want to get away from it. And I knew that this thought had to do with my complete exhaustion and sometimes feeling overwhelmed by all that stress and pressure. So it's obviously not a thought being 6'4 that I could really act upon, but it was something that I also felt my mind metaphorically just told me, you are putting too much on yourself. You are trying too hard. You are not giving yourself enough of a break. So there are other themes that, you know, we talked about before. The theme of, uh, you know, having uh, cancer or, you know, not... Uh, uh, or wondering if this little mole on your skin going to kill you. And, uh, and these are often themes about not feeling connected to yourself. I, I found it very interesting that a lot of people that have those uh, invasive thoughts of, a, of an illness admittedly say that they have not paid attention to themselves until they had those thoughts making them force pay attention to themselves. 
it's almost like they were so just, you know, into their career or relationships or whatever goals they externally had that they didn't really take care of themselves, even though they thought, well, I'm eating well, I'm going to the gym, but they were always in their head. They didn't really feel connected to their body. And so that disconnection of the body can also something be that those thoughts may try to, to tell you, come back and, and reconnect to me. Or another thought that uh, some clients had was about, did something bad happen in my childhood? Did maybe one of my family members molest me? And they can completely get unglued by the thought because all of a sudden they're looking at their family with complete distrust. And whatever they remember of their childhood doesn't seem real anymore. And I can only say from a few clients that uh, I worked with on those thoughts, what they realized is that they did have a confusion about the childhood. And I'm not saying that if those thoughts come up, this may not really mean that there was something in the subconscious is bringing it up. I mean, there are many cases where people do have later in life when the subconscious feels like, okay, now you're ready to deal with what happened there, brings it up to the surface. But sometimes it can be also, again, the, the metaphorical sense of feeling that there is something unresolved. And in those clients that I worked with, it was that they felt on the one hand that they didn't really get their needs, needs met. It was on surface all nice and good. And, you know, it was really like the happy family and paper, but somehow they felt that they were not really seen and respected or accepted for who they are. And so they had a inner conflict between feeling like, you know, they are dissatisfied and now they want to move on. But on the other hand, they also felt like I cannot really let go as something is still wanting me to stay attached and resolve it. And, and those thoughts, again, can just give you information that there is an area in your life, there is some theme going on there that needs to be paid attention to. And those thoughts are the thoughts usually that are coming up over and over again, not because you pull them in, but because they're just showing up. And they are thoughts that deserve to just be, yeah, observed a little bit analyzed and really understood, not as something threatening, but as something that can eventually help you to get a better relationship with yourself, with others, be more empowered, be more in balance. Or when it comes to those thoughts that are reoccurring because they are releasing a trauma, they may tell you it's time to go and see someone so that you can really talk about and work through whatever this let's say PTSD is still affecting you within your life. So now you have the being more the observer and interpreting without anxiety, what's really going on. How do you respond to them? What's the next step? What action step can we take to really heal whatever has been knocking at your door? We'll talk about this more after the break. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? 
Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive, healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset, and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Invasive thoughts. You are neutrally observing them. You are trying to just say, well, the thoughts that need to be let go and released because they really don't have any meaning and no deeper message behind, I let go. And I'm going to shift my mind to something that releases dopamine because it feels good and it makes me feel certainly happy in the moment so that this is also breaking the loop of anxiety that you usually had with those thoughts. If thoughts are continuously showing up and wanting your attention with that same neutrality, you are the observer. You don't go right into the judgment. You just observe, you take notes, you reflect. Maybe you work with someone on them. This can be very, very helpful to find someone that you know can help you to work through it and uh, and understand what it really means and this is one of those things i do with clients very often then once you have the interpretation when you know what it really means often you actually feel relieved you feel like oh my now i get it now i see the opportunity and now comes step number four this is where you need to also take action you know if someone tells you hey i'm in pain and you say, oh, wow, I can see you're in pain and you're not really helping. Well, at some level, this creates more disconnect. And what invasive thoughts overall are doing are creating a discord, a disconnect between you, the conscious mind, and the source where those thoughts are coming from, which is more the subconscious mind. So, so that disconnect certainly doesn't create any kind of peace and wholeness inside of you. It actually makes you feel almost like fragmented inside you want to get away from yourself because you don't feel really safe with yourself so as you are now interpreting that the subconscious has its way to talk to you and you are wanting to actually do something about this message that the subconscious conveys to you now it's time to respond now it's time to take action now 
one of my favorite things, I say this many times, is to see the subconscious, especially the more confused, scared, or disturbed part of the subconscious as a child. A lot of those thoughts and the beliefs behind them. I am not safe. I am powerless. I don't have a choice. I cannot get my needs met. I am not wanted. I don't have the right to exist. I don't really fit in. All of those themes that could be really underneath those invasive thoughts, they have usually an origin in what we experienced during our childhood. So it's completely logical that you can imagine the part of your subconscious that are still holding on to those thoughts and still wanting some attention is a child that needs to be comforted, reassured, talked to. And that is where you can counterbalance, redirect negative thoughts. Now, the importance about this, this is not a mental intellectual exercise. A lot of people do it much more you know, rationally, here's your negative thoughts, I would never do this, this doesn't make sense, you're not such a person, move on. There is no energy behind it. There is no emotion behind it. And the anxiety doesn't really get met with words. The anxiety cannot really be reasoned with. So while you're doing this little debating club up there, your anxiety is still there and, and it's looking at the invasive thought and just wish it would go away. So when you counterbalance, do it from that place of facing the source of your invasive thought as this little mini you that says something like, I feel powerless. Have all these people go away, all these people in the kitchen, get them away because they don't let me be, they don't let me play, they don't let me have freedom. And then you can say, I hear you, I understand and you don't have to be afraid. I know that I have neglected myself. I know that I haven't spoken up on my behalf. I know that I wasn't the best steward of that more sensitive side of me. And I will do better. And here's what we can do. That could be one example. Or when there is a part of you that just says, like, I want to get away from here. I want to die because this is too much. Same thing. Understand that there is a part of you that just feels so overwhelmed, so ignored, so without any joy, that all it wants is just to remove itself from this pressure of this life. And it's not all of you. It's just one little part of you. And that part of you just suffers. And you want to give this part of you attention and say, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm going to take the weekend off. I will not work. And I'm going to do much better to find more joy in life and maybe this job is not the right job because it does really suck our soul dry so let's see what we can do to find something different the counterbalancing with compassion is one of the greatest tools to reduce those kind of thoughts by 70 80 percent because you actually are not only paying attention you're also giving that wonderful, loving, compassionate, caring feeling to the source of where they come from. And you can call me naive, but 
love is really the answer to fear and anxiety. There is just so much power in when we are learning to have love and compassion for that what scares us rather than running away from it. Nothing in your mind needs to scare you. And there is, you know, also the possibility that you want to know more of this part of you that actually brings up those thoughts. And you could even ask, so why are you having this thought? Why are you thinking this? And then you can see what the answer is. And you can ask more questions to go under the, the theme of what the thought really is representing. So you can have a relationship with the source of those thoughts. And again, just keep in mind, not all thoughts, all thoughts <laughs> need to be addressed this way. Not all thoughts need to have, you know, a communication. You don't have to have a whole, you know, stadium full of sources that give you different thoughts. No, but those thoughts that you know, they feel that there's a strong energy behind. You feel that there is a meaning that they want to convey. You feel there is something that probably could be useful to create more adjustment and balance in your life, those thoughts, you want to counterbalance, you want to answer its questions. What if? What if I lose my job? What if my wife or my husband leaves me? What if my uh, kids, uh, you know, will uh, leave the house and I don't know what to do with myself? And so it could be, again, a part of you that just needs reassurance about that you're going to figure it out and that you are safe and that you can be trusted. This, what I talked about in the 10 Keys to Anxiety-Free Living, being and becoming the trusted leader for yourself. Now, I hope you feel a little reassured that thoughts are not a problem. The problem is what we do with them. The problem is how we interpret them. The problem is that we don't really have the patience to just sit with them and to either let them go or to really understand more what they mean. What you need is, besides this trust in yourself, the trust that whatever thoughts are coming up, they are either completely random, very normal, just a little burping of your mind, nothing to worry about, or if they have a meaning, it's not a harmful meaning, it's not a sign that you are a bad person or you cannot be trusted. If you approach this with curiosity, with compassion, and ultimately with that belief that your mind is on your side and your mind is here to help you and sometimes maybe even save you from yourself because you had been too distracted and too much on autopilot and too little inside of you, paying too little attention to your needs, then those invasive thoughts will no longer be called invasive. They will be just called thoughts with either information that is meaningful or a nice little release of the mind that does not necessarily have any meaning, just like a dream. It can be your subconscious mind working through something without you having to consciously interfere with it. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Go to the website, drfriedman.com. If you want to work on those thoughts, on your anxiety, want to find out more about 
what I can do to help you break through your blocks and obstacles, tap into your true potential. Set up a free phone console or a Skype consultation. I'm very happy to connect with you. Until next time, take good care and trust yourself and trust your mind. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern 